Let's go. That's one too few O's. Welcome to the Black Tower Podcast. Yeah, that's right. It's it's time. It's BTT. BTPT. There we go. Black Tower time. Black Tower Podcast. I feel time. like actually Black Tower time would ab- would be a thing. Oh, I would agree. Like military time and uh white people time. White white pe- and white people taco night. Um, we're going to start like, doing, we're going to start doing, by the way, chicken, no seasonings. Yeah. <laughs> the tortilla is already spicy enough. Because it's uh, white people taco night. I'm going to set up the, uh, the voice and video here so the people can see us. Oh yeah. I should probably unmute. Can everyone see me? Can everybody hear me? Oh, I did unmute. Okay. Nice. Yeah, you unmuted yeah, well, a long you've time actually ago. Been unmuted this whole time. Oh well, yeah, like too. I did, like, and then like Argosal unmuted. Then I muted again. Yeah, and then oh, I muted myself okay. later on because then I was like, "Oh, what if one of these folks joins and they hear our strat?" That is fair. Which is another reason why we can't post it until after. We can't post the pre-recording until after the uh, the swap time has expired. Yeah, we can. Well, so Friday is when it expires, or Friday is is after it expires, because the the episodes technically come out on Friday. So by the mm. time it's actually the the pre show gets posted, oh, it they should definitely it? be too late. Wasn't it like what do you mean they were coming out at like eight p.m. like Thursday something? night? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So by the time we post it on Friday, it should definitely be out. And no changes should be able to be made. <laughs> but, I don't know. Anyway. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Black Tower Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Black, Tower, and Wheel of Time. I am one of your slightly crazy Asmar hosts, Daniel, the Amankan Mahale. Hi. Hi. Am your sweaty my, uh, host coming at you live from Sara, dude? Fucking it's your boy John Mahal, Andrew. Fucking burning up in the sun. I haven't even seen any of this fucking Sara Bay talking about. It's like live a total fucking myth. Oh god, I love it. Mm. I hate every time Josh. Does oh that. yeah, it gives I anxiety. am Josh. I don't know why I'm. Doing. I'm your Sorbonne Mahal, and I'm going to stab you in the face with some fucking lightning. You ever been stabbed in the face with some fucking lightning? No, you haven't. No. In game. In game. 
in game. That's yeah, true, right. like you're gonna run around with a taser and like point at everybody's face. Taser face. <laughs> and we are the Mahales of the Black Tower, and we're here to give you some tainty goodness. So, I have some news. Oh, and it's pretty it good cool news? news. It is. Do you want so, to save good news? I was waiting we talk about bad news. Uh, so it was uh, Saturday and I was waiting to post it because I wanted to to tell you guys first and, and show off and whatnot but remember a long time ago when I moved to Seattle <laughs> and I started going to a rum bar near yes. my apartment so on Saturday, I finished drinking through 60 rums on my tour of the Caribbean at Rumba. And so I filled in, well, technically 59, because one of them was a repeat on purpose. Like it was designed that way, but 59 rums. And so I finished that journey. And one of the things that I got as part of that was this dope-ass challenge coin from Plantation Rum oh, that sweet. allows me to walk into Rumba anytime that I want and every visit get a daiquiri timeout, which is basically just like a daiquiri shot. <laughs> uh, and... I am so excited. Also, you now get to buy uh, a shot and or a bottle of the champion bottle that they change every month at cost, which is also fucking awesome. So I am pretty stoked. And so I took a photo of me getting my coin and uh, filling in the last thing on my map the other day. But Hell I wanted you yeah. guys to hear it first and see it because it's pretty dope and i am i'm very happy <laughs> thank you we are proud of you we're, we're so proud of you i i don't I know what's that. more impressive but i know i know what's more impressive i'm more impressed that you drank 59 rums in one night and remember any of it so. it was not one night no it was over oh. the course of a number of months yeah no it was not oh you, jesus they literally tell you that you are not allowed to, in any way, shape, or form, drink through the map in one sitting. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, there, so they're like, there's, there's we will not or be responsible for your death. Yes, so there, there were 59 spots. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I took, I took so, what you said very uh, literally, and I was like, holy shit. Oh, yeah, no. No. I was like, I wouldn't have been, no, like, I, just passed out on the floor. I would have, like, been on, like, my third stomach pump. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. At least. Uh, now, it is interesting because, of course, or it it is cool because uh, I actually did it basically in three uh, three shots a time. So, basically, they, they had, like, rum flights that you could buy into that, like, they had designed for, like, starter rums and, like, learning a little bit about uh, a few different places in the Caribbean and things like that. And so I started with those and I did maybe like four or five of those. And then if I had kept doing those, they would have started repeating. So I would have just wasted both time and money. Um, and so I started just going ahead and going through their catalog and like jumping around to the islands and like making my own flights. 
And so typically I would go in there and I would drink three shots of rum in a sitting uh, and write them down and write down a little bit of like notes about them and things like that. And I would say that probably like 35 of the rums that I had were like solid stuff that I would definitely drink again. Um, 20 of them were actually not my style of rum at all. And a lot of them reminded me a lot of just like drinking cleaning solution, which was not great, but (laughs) you know, that's, that happens with alcohol. So, you know, there you go. Anyway, enough of, you know, spending you are still there in two years. Well, yeah, kind of. No. Yes. Two years. We'll have to come and try it. If I have my times right. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be not this year, not next now. year, but yeah. the year after. Yes. Um, well, that's much. But yeah, enough about that, that, three other than, frat guys talking about rum for. Other than ours, <laughs> that's is that the first challenge coin you've you've earned? Technically, yes. Uh, I that's do actually awesome have a couple of that, that other is awesome. ones. Yeah, I do technically have a couple of other ones that I sort of bought, if you will, because they're from like games like board games they're, and stuff and yep, they came with like kickstarters that's earned by proxy you earned the money no, exactly to then buy the coin yeah. no yeah. And, and i will say again it's a little i i would call it a little bit more than that because again you had to be on the kickstarter to do it and so it was sure. both time oh. and money like it was time sensitive but again I, I would absolutely say this is the first one that I have earned yes. uh, ever in my life besides sort of the it, the dragon earned, and sword that we made. Earned without having to I would pay say this is for it. Yeah. That yes. and that's and that's what I was just gonna say. In in the world of coins, there's there's essentially two schools of earning a coin. And that is one, someone recognized an action that you performed and said Thou art worthy of mine coin. That's how um, I got my talent o- tossing queen coin. <laughs> <laughs> the other one is you earn it by way of, you know, having the money, participating in the fundraiser, doing the thing or whatever. Yes. And that's you you gain that. So both of them I are valid say... means of collecting coins. Yes. Like that's not there's it's not you you can have a coin that you're like, yeah, I mean, I bought it. It's cool. But people are still going to be like, it's still cool. And then some yes. people will be kind of extreme about it and be like, well, you can't play with a coin you bought. And I'm kind of yes. like, eh, yeah, you can. <laughs> and to be, to be clear, the Black Tower podcast coins, you didn't buy the coin because we don't gonna... sell anything on Patreon. We don't, right. we don't buy anything. You are helping yep. us do the show. And yes. as a thank you... And yes. recognition for your efforts in helping us, you got coins. Um, Indeed. That's far better news. Um, because the only part of news that I have is that while I was thinking about getting some kind melting? of air conditioning for my garage, uh, where I have like my weights and stuff set up, um, I hadn't planned on doing it for a while. And I have done that. I now have uh, bought a window unit that will now. Uh, sit on the floor in my garage because that's definitely optimal operating uh, setup for a uh, window unit. But what's not so fun is this lucky of being cursed by the air conditioning guys. So um, there are a total of one, two, three, four, five, six. There's a total of nine people that work in my office. 
Mm-hmm. Of those nine, four, including myself, within the last month and a half, have experienced issues with air conditioning. Uh, one guy, a uh, month, month and a half ago, his went out entirely, had to buy a whole new unit. Week after his went out, another guy's went out. I don't know what he had to do to fix it. Damn. And then half a week to a week after his went out, the one for our office went out. And then a week and a half ago, another guy's went out. He got off lucky. All he had to do was to replace the capacitor. Uh, And then come tomorrow, which is Wednesday as we're recording this, a week ago, mine went out. And the I finally got an update today because heaven forbid they put updates on the app that I can just look at or they call me or email me with updates because you know why the fuck would I need to know what's happening with the air conditioning for this place? What? Um, I finally found it today. Uh, the AC unit for the townhouse I'm renting uh, is leaking Freon, has shoddy wiring that needs to be replaced, is throwing a breaker, and the compressor uh, the compressor is like a 99-year-old man that just ate a whole jar of prunes and has IBS trying not to shake. It's barely fucking hanging on. And they recommended an entire system replacement. And I'm just sitting here like, so for those of you that maybe knew or didn't know that I was supposed to be on like I'm out uh, live stream Saturday and hanging out with Tom as much as I could, um, and I know he went ahead and did some giveaways from us, uh, because we were putting up two shot glasses and a frosted mug to help raise money uh, for the victims of the Maui fire. Um, I was supposed to be there. Also, it did but- go really well, by the way. That was a that was a great stream, and Tom and Dragon Mount and everybody else who joined and participated. I think Josh hopped in for a Everybody bit, was dope. Did I what? I no. did. Did you hop in Saturday for the stream? I said he said somebody hopped in. I did not. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. Yeah. I knew one of you guys. Um, yeah. I, I hopped in for the end of episode five and all of episode six, uh, and uh, a not insignificant amount of the before and after that as well. So, Thank you for doing that. Um, of I don't course. know if you had already planned on doing Glad that, but to. thank you for doing that. Because um, mm-hmm. I felt really bad about not being able to be there. Uh, and the same story for me for Sunday for the draft, uh, because... I, when I literally just walked out to grab a drink to come back in, it is currently, what, 8 2 here, Eastern time. It is 83 degrees. Yep. So. Gross. Uh, yeah. Disgusting. So that's why you see all this behind me. This is my room, my, my bedroom. I mean, they're all my room, kind of. Indeed. But. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where I pulled up the pants that I put on two hamburgers at the time, like average everyday American. Why don't so. Americans like dictatorships? You could <laughs> Okay. Okay. What are we because talking about tonight? For should we, reasons and not even should we spoil check our people, protect our people from spoilers, and then like, like go check? into tonight's well discussion. Sorry, before before we do that, uh you guys are awesome. Oh you too. Josh and Andrew, I I love both of you. Uh, Shut up, bitch! I know. And if you like Josh and Andrew, uh, and possibly me, um, hop on to blacktowerpod.com 
and check out all of the things that you would need to know about the Black Tower from the Wheel of Time, uh, as well as the podcast, as well as all of our socials and things like that. And while you are there, make sure that you check out The Gathering Madness for this year. It is starting to come up pretty quickly, so... I would highly recommend that if you think that you can be there or want to be there or have any interest in being there, absolutely do it. We would love to have you. It's going to be awesome. We also completely understand if you've already been to JordanCon and WattCon this year, it's already a lot of Wheel of Time stuff this year. We get it. Ha- take some time. Take a, a less of a hit on your you know, finances, all of that stuff. We would love to see you there as virtually as possible. Um, But if you can be there physically, absolutely get there. It's going to be amazing. And again, it's going to be extra amazing. If you've seen other Gathering Madnesses in the past, they've been super cool. We've had events. We've had things that we've gone to, but nothing like this. We are going to be at Evermore Park in Utah on Saturday all day. We are actually going into the park and hanging out in one of their areas uh, before the park even opens. So we will effectively have that entire place to ourselves, um, And we'll be doing fun things and, and having a great time and doing panels and doing games and doing things like that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then once we are actually, or once the park actually opens, we are going to be leaving for a little while and coming back when the park opens and we will, uh, you will need a ticket uh, to, to come back in, but Evermore Park looks incredible. And Josh has been there a couple of times and says that it is super fucking fun. Um, and I believe this man when he talks about this kind of stuff. So come on down, uh, get in costume as much as you want, have so much fun. Uh, Evermore highly encourages getting into costume and getting into character and, and enjoying yourself in sort of the realm that it uh, occupies, which is very like Renfair, medieval, uh, you know, that type of deal. Um, we're going to be there all night uh, Saturday uh, until the park closes, and we're going to have a ton of fun. Also, if you want to get there on Friday, we're going to be going to a nearby mall and hanging out at, remind me, Josh? The game place the, the game mall. store. We geek together. We geek together. Excellent. Uh, there will be no drinks or anything at We Geek Together. Uh, we're just going to be hanging out, playing magic and board games and having events and things like that over there and getting to know the store owner, who's apparently a really great guy, uh, and supporting them as much as we can while also having a great place to gather and hang out. Um, it's going to be so much fun. Please consider coming to the Gathering Madness this year. Uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And for those Once of you that you are, are going with all of that, wait. But for those of you that yes, are going, but wait. You guys do the mixology contest every year. We haven't heard or seen hair nor hide of it. Uh, that's because it's not December first yet. I am putting myself at least because um, I'm not going to put anybody else on the timetable uh, for this thing specifically. I'm putting myself on the timetable to have that ready and uh, and out by uh, September 1st. So um, I just we got to update the form from last year. I think we've also kind of yes. decided that as far as the uh, the mixology books are, 
um, will probably gauge interest on how many people want them ahead of time. Uh, and for patrons, of course, uh, we'll maintain that we send them to you free of charge since you've helped out so much Indeed. over the years. Um, and as a thank you for what you do, but we'll probably do a mixology book every two years. Uh, that way we're not just putting, uh, like, you know, a handful of recipes in there and everything. And I want them to continue on. And eventually it'd be cool if it was like a book this thick and I was only, about to say, well, yeah. uh, we could just continue, we could just continue the years, do it by year. Yeah. Just so, well, but we're only going to send okay. out full books every couple of years. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so that was the thought. We'll, we'll yeah. figure that out more, and we'll let you guys know. But the uh, the Google form for the Mixology contest will be coming out uh, September first. Now, keep in mind when we do this, we are this year we are doing the Gathering Magnus. Magnus, yes, the Gathering Magnus, the Gathering Madness in all <laughs> in Utah. All right, magnets yes. do gather. Place, place where you don't get porn sites and you don't get an incredibly diverse liquor selection. <laughs> That is true. Well, I guess you don't get a liquor it's selection that's robust or a liquor yeah. selection that no, is robust. You oh. get a, I, I, you get a pretty good liquor selection. I'm just, I mean, oh, seems like it would be pretty salty. Right. You know, because Utah salt flat. I mean, uh, it typically is. Yeah, uh, the Bonneville yeah. salt, salt Speedway is up right now. They're doing all the speed yes. races. Yeah. But and I do want to guarantee, as Andrew has brought up, we will absolutely be doing again two of our favorite and, if we're being completely honest, most popular events. The Taste the Taint Challenge is going to be Friday night, either at the game store or uh, back at the hotel, depending on which one makes the most sense logistically. And then the uh, Mixology Contest will be uh, back at the hotel on that Saturday. So definitely we'll out look out for that stuff. See of adoring fans. <laughs> if you get one, Indeed. you can come back to the, to the health room and uh, go fuck yourself. Ayo! But with any of the hot yes, sauce thank bottles, thank you for reminding of that stuff, Andrew. <laughs> it's just because like, if, if I don't remind everybody else about it, I will forget that I still need to do it. And half the time I still forget anyway. Um, but yes, all that said and done, Check it out. I just have to buy my flight, so don't feel bad because apparently every flight coming back adds an extra day. So I'm still trying to figure out those logistics. I might just, I don't know, fucking airfare into a not popular part of North Carolina can uh, suck every last hair on my neck. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I went there. Anyway. Before we tell you what we're talking about tonight, uh, I promise we will get there. Definitely make sure to go and check out New Creations by Jen. Uh, she is doing amazing Wheel of Time merchandise stuff. Uh, it is one of the only places to go ahead and get the Frosty Mugs from the Wheel of Time Frosty Mug Society. Uh, I believe the only one that's missing is the Dusty Wheel. Uh, and you got to be very special to go ahead and get on his roster. But everybody <laughs> else does through uh, uh, New Creations by Jen. So go check it out. Uh, I believe we do actually have a link on our website if you want to go that route. Or you can always just look up New Creations by Jen. Um, or in the show description. She's awesome. Her and Rob are doing great stuff. Indeed. Now, 
now that we've gotten all of the plugs out of the way and we've begged you to come to the event that we're doing because it's going to be super awesome and we don't want you to miss it. Uh, Andrew, can you pop on that one of those golden condoms that we're going to be throwing out to our touring fans at the Gathering Madness to make sure that none of the people get spoiled like they should. I sure wish I could. But uh, here oh, I am right. in the hot, windy desert land of Sara. And because <laughs> of that, I left my soundboard in the other room, also known as the wetland. <laughs> Indeed. That it's makes 83 sense. degrees All where right. the spoiler condoms are. They're probably not good anymore. Uh, so, guys, uh, everybody listening. What I can let you know. Hey. Oh, okay. Oh, I was going to say, hey. Uh, all right. Welcome hey, to listen. another Black Tower hey. podcast episode. Hey, Let's check this one out. <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. Huh. Just... It looks like this episode is going to be spoiling... Oh, let's be honest. Uh, just about anything as long as Josh is on the episode. <laughs> so you're going to want to go ahead and put that spoiler condom all the way on make sure that it covers the <laughs> the girthiness of all 14 books in the series plus the prequel new spring and uh you know if daniel gets a hold of this episode it'll never hit the editing bay that's way more of andrew than i've ever wanted to see Why would you rate it down there? in honor of the fact checker mihail who is here in utah and uh, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do some watch party action. It's gonna be great. Excellent. Oh yeah. Also, if anybody is excited as hell about uh, the Wheel of Time season two coming out on Thursday slash Friday, depending on where you are uh, and who you are, go rewatch season one. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing it with Dragon Mount this weekend. Uh, and if you have not rewatched season one. Holy bejesus, is there a lot of stuff that you notice the second, third, fourth oh, time yeah. around. Um, they do a great job. So, yeah. But speaking of things that were done, uh, people that did a great job, let's go and do a complete <laughs> 180. Now that you have been spoiler warned, if you listen live, you got Daniel's remix of the Morshadi spoiler warning. If you're listening to an edited I don't know. And it hit to listen to whatever the fuck Josh put in. Black Tower podcast. Maybe Josh put in the actual one. Maybe he put in Daniels. Maybe he mixed them all up. Maybe he's playing Sir Mix a lot. Who knows? But we're going to shift from people that do things really well to people that did things for lack of understanding, for whatever the reason may be, not so well. And decided oh, that the best way. I fucking way love this quote. The best way to put a cover over the leaky roof was to anchor seven tent pegs in reality. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about seals on the Dark One's prisons. Uh, I don't know if we're talking about exactly what are they, because I forgot part of the topic. But we're asking about where are they and something else. So it's, it's where, where in the world are they? Who has got them? And then theorizing on how the hell they got there. Okay. Indeed. Uh, but before we go into that, I actually love the the intro that you just gave them and whatnot. And I also love, so obviously, watt.fandom.com. 
great resource. We love it. It's awesome. Go there and check stuff out. Uh, if you haven't actually read all of the books yet, uh, maybe go to a different one, like The Great Blades, because this one is not spoiler wiki at all. Uh, but uh, I had forgotten this uh, quote from the books, and I, I just want to mention one more time. Andrew, every fucking time we talk about this man, I am reminded just how bad of a rap he gets in this story. Because Luz Theron, absolutely, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of evidence based on the number of people that hate him and the number of things he did wrong and all of that different stuff that he was not the greatest guy in the world and that he was somewhat arrogant of his abilities. That is, there, there is absolutely evidence of that. But then you get quotes like this, where you realize just how much he was doing the best he could with absolutely dog shit circumstances and just trying to hold the world together in any semblance of order. It's and like Gordon Ramsay with me, a bag of dog shit being told he has to make fudge brownies. Right for exactly. real, but let's be honest. No, 100%. Gordon Ramsay could do it. Probably, yeah. He and could you'd polish thank that literal turd. But again, so there's this you quote at the very Ramsey. beginning of. <laughs> there's a quote at the very beginning of the article from what.fandom.com, uh, uh, on the seven Quendiar seals, that Rand says to Egwene after he has become Bodhisattva. Rand uh, and reconnected with his memories of Luce Theron and whatnot. And he's come down from the mountaintop and he says, Cad Swain, you're not even remotely as old as I am. And that's a nice paralysis net you're wearing. And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then he says to Egwene right before the last battle, I crafted these, he whispered. I made them to never break. But I knew as I did it that they would eventually fail. Everything eventually fails when he touches it. And I love that idea of Luz Theron just being like, the Chodan call have failed us. Everything that we have done has failed us. We are losing at every front. What we need to do is put a stoppage on this. What we need to do is do something to stop the Dark One from destroying our entire way of life. Here are these seals made of things that are never supposed to break. That the power and the... The, the more you try to break them, the yeah. stronger they get. The stronger they get. Exactly. And so I am going it's to like take the hundred companions... And I am going to bring them to the Dark One's prison, and we are going to do everything we can to put this genie back in the fucking bottle and see if it works. And in the end, it fucks up a lot of shit. But it also gives the world almost 3,000 years of peace-ish. Of the Dark One not being to have, uh, being able to have his way with the world, of it not going to hell in a handbasket. So again, I just want to throw out 
a reminder to everyone that Andrew is a smart dude and you should listen oh, to him sometimes. on Not a all. number of different topics, including the fact that fucking Luz Theron gets shit on so much in this series. Well, you know, I'm not sure how much of that is actually deserved. Well, it goes, it goes back to so two, two things, Lynn. I'll make them very quick. One, Green Goblin's most famous speech uh, with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. People love heroes, but what do people love more than heroes? To see a hero fall. Uh, same thing. You love Luce Theron because he's supposed to be a hero, but then he fails, and it's like, oh, you know, I guess he's not so much of a hero because people are also intrinsically afraid of... So as much as they want to have, like, an idealistic person that is uh, morally or strength-wise above them, we're also terrified as a human race of having people that will achieve things we never can. So having them humanized um, helps us out. That's part of the reason why uh, the Greek mythos and uh, the Roman mythos um, and even the Vikings uh, and Pantheons are so popular because they're very humanized mm-hmm. deities rather than like the Christian or Islamic deities that are in them. Um, but the other point that I have to make is we're also talking about a series where you have a um, staggering uh, plethora of people that will uh, excuse Thailand and blame Matt still and excuse the actions of Elaine immediately after, but still will entirely mm-hmm. blame Luz Theron for the state of the world. With with no yeah. recognition to trying your best, doing your best, anything like that. So mm-hmm. it just goes to show that, and, and again, if you believe any of that kind of stuff, that's the one time I'm not going to say that's fine uh, because I just vehemently can't agree with you and just don't ever say hi to me, please. Um, because of how horrendous it is, but everybody believes what they believe for a reason. I get that. I respect that. And in light of yes. your reasons for believing that Thailand's not wrong, and I recognize it's a dumbass. It's just there's there's always more to the story than what happens at there face is. value, and sometimes it includes pulling very abstract and sometimes very thin threads from other areas to to understand. Um, yes. Some are more obvious than others, but some aren't. But yeah, no, I, I can't agree. So I can't agree that this is, again, Luce Theron, one, not only being abundantly trying his that he can in a, in a time where he had no other options. Because um, I never realized exactly how the timetable played out when we did this episode talking about the Choden Call and Luce Theron and uh, the yep. Hundred Companions, how it wasn't just loose there and just brushing off and doing this anyway it was they wait a choden call the choden call access keys got captured by the shadow or in territory that got captured by the shadow even though they didn't know they were there and so this was the last of jeopardy so it's kind of like at the timeline where this happened what else did you expect anyone to do like what was the other option you're Mm -hmm. losing on all fronts there's no telling how many of the hundred companions died already in the fight before this there's no telling how mm-hmm. much the fighting pushed people away from uh, from siding. Like it's it's an impossible well, task, Matt. And that and that's it is. that's the thing. It's always you get a lot of people that are always so willing, and 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 this is not to say that there are not problems in this arena. But oh, absolutely. You do get people who are so who are always so willing and so happy to be like, my boss is such a jerk. My manager is such a jerk. 
I needed time off and they wouldn't give me time off. I needed a raise and they wouldn't give me. Look, I get it. I understand it. The, you know, there, there are a lot of troubles with, with management and leadership nowadays. People don't understand Mm -hmm. the difference between management and leadership. Truth. But there are times in which a manager or a leader must make difficult choices. And there are times in which a leader has to say, look, I know you want that day off. The mission fails if you're not there. So I can't grant you that day off. And Mm -hmm. there, there, there are valid reasons for why a leader would address you in a manner that says, I'm sorry, I cannot grant you that comfort, that nicety, that luxury. And it's, it's very, very difficult. And it's very, well, it's very, very difficult for a leader. That's why we have sayings like heavy is the head that wears the crown, those kinds of things. But it's very, very easy for everybody else around to judge the consequences of those actions and conveniently forgetting how difficult the choice was to make in the first place. Lose sure. Sarah. We, we've talked, we kicked this horse, man. He did everything he could. He When they told him, no, you can't do that, he didn't do it. And when all options were exhausted, where there was literally nothing else to do, he went, guys, this is it. This is our last choice. This is what we have to do. And then mm-hmm. at the end of the books, we know from Rand that he knew. He knew it wouldn't work, but he bought us some time. And well, and and again, would that work in what capacity? That's actually one of the things that I love about this is it did work. It didn't stop the problem completely without ever coming back. Right. It didn't fix the world in a way that meant that, you know, everyone got to go and live their life in peace, in harmony, in every way, shape, or form. But in the end, it was a solution that stopped the hole, that stopped the deterioration, that said, I'm even going to sort of turn back the clock on this damage. Yeah. Though, I mean, on some level, was the cure worse than the the symptoms? Hard to say. Yeah. We have no idea what would have continued to happen if they hadn't gone ahead and done this. Anyway, Correct. that is a complete aside that I think was important to say. Because I absolutely, as I said, love this quote from Rand. I think that it is actually incredibly telling about Luz Theron's state of mind about the world's state of mind at this point and just how desperate their situation was that Luz Theron said, bruh, it was the best solution we had and we even knew it sucked. So here we are. But let's let's talk about the seven great fields. And where they were found what state they were in, and ultimate spoiler warning in case you didn't know after we spoiled you for the entire series, when you each broke. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the very first one we see is discovered um, at the end of book one, at the end of the Eye of the World, in yep. the Eye of the World, 
underneath the after they have completely drained this pool of pure sidene, um, and is discovered in the kind of like wrapped or protected or I can't believe, I can't remember if it was in a chest or not. Um, no, it wasn't. It was by itself wrapped in cloth. Um, yeah. Five was with real cash. quick, real quick. Yep. I actually want to throw out there. The very first one that we ever see is, see is actually on Bail Doman's ship. We see it in book one when Rand, Tom, and Matt cool. are there. Though it does not come up. Like, it does. it's not actually a thing that, like, they talk about very much. But we do mm. actually see it. Because Bale pulls it out uh, when he's taking he out, their money. Well, he pulls money. out his collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He's when he's taking their out? money... But again, you're completely right. The yeah. first time that we actually know what we're seeing and the first time that we actually have it matter, yeah. 100% yeah. at the eye of the world. Our, our like introduction. Just you mentioned, yeah. technically you are, you are we see one earlier. Yes. Yeah. Um, so our first introduction and explanation of what these objects are yes. is at exactly. end, uh, towards the end of the eye of the world where one is found alongside the chest holding the horn of Valir and Dragon Banner at the bottom of the well of Pierce Hydeen, known as the Eye of the World. It is found wrapped yep. in a cloth, and when it is picked up, I believe it is more, is it Moraine that picks it up and, and notes that it is completely broken and shattered. And, it is Moraine, and yes. And she remarks on, like, this, this should not be possible. This is one of the seven seals on the Dark well, One's prison. This is one of the seven objects that are holding him back from affecting the world. Yeah. This um, is broken, is real bad. Lan, <laughs> Lan actually gets out a dagger and stabs one of the shards of the seal and, and like breaks the, the knife. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. No, he does. And and Moraine goes, yep, just what I suspected. And all the MN Sealders yep. like, what? Which, what? And <laughs> Lan is like, also... it's Hearthstone. Which, which, yeah. hold on, like, this is, this is going to be a tangent, but within topic, kind of. So this, whenever she unwraps the seal, it is shattered. It is completely broken. Yes. And deteriorated away. But Lan stabs it with his knife, and it shatters, which would imply that it's not fragile at all. Right. So you can't mm -hmm. think of the seal... Well, I don't know, because isn't there one later on uh Thor Logan that like they touch and it like crumbles in their hands? It they they so, no, it's, it's they, it's they drag a knife along it and they're able to cut a groove into it. And what's yeah, they shave the edge off. Yeah. Okay. So it's a okay, so it's probably one of those slanges from book one to the rest of the series and, that and that's, Robert Jordan made. Yeah, and that's and that's well and that's the thing is, or this was the to... first one that actually broke, and so it's like not as weak as the rest of those, not as deteriorated as the rest of the seals, maybe. Right. And uh, well, yeah, and so that's actually what I would say is at this point, the very first one that we see, it's six of one, half dozen of the other, because it's absolutely broken. And again, sort of the idea is that it was actually still whole until Rand uses the power, which is actually the one piece, super minor tangent here, the one piece, one piece of season, 
one oh, episode God. eight that I really appreciated sort of almost sticking to the story that it feels like Rand is the reason that that breaks, even though the seal is still as hard as it's supposed to be. The Quendiar is strong. It is whole or not a whole, but it, it is, it is ridiculous. Like it has no deterioration, but it's also in like 10 pieces or something like that. And so that's why Moraine is standing there being like, what the fuck? It's still got its integrity and it's broken. This some bullshit. Like, Oh, and if, if you're, for whatever reason, by all means and do it if you are, if you're watching only the show but then listening to us find differences, in the books, the seals are not yes. an entire fucking floor for the Hall of Servants. They are the size they of are movable. Yeah, they are. The, yes. They are roughly this big. Yes. Pick a hand Correct. and size that's comfortable for you, and sit on it. I mean, that's the size of the seal. <laughs> think, yeah. Um, think about a very. Think about a small frisbee. Yeah. Um, or a the, large coaster. Yeah. The sure. next because I think the list I'm looking at is actually in order of broken. Because big surprise, I'm looking at a list on my phone. Uh, Watch.fandom.com. Go check should. them out. They're 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 pretty great. Yeah, um, so the, the second so the seal we have interactions break. with is Bale Domans, right? Yeah, yes. so the next two are, well, kind of. Um, the next two that break are in the same relative instance as far as events in the books. They both get broken during uh, the Battle of Falma. One is the one Correct. that Bale Doman bought from a Saldan antiques dealer that was then confiscated yes. by the Shan Chan Highlord Turok. Um, and then later, Correct. Moraine found it, and by the time I believe Moraine finds it, it's already broken. Um, Correct. The other one is also in Torok's possession, and when Moraine finds it, it is also broken. So, so far, out of three seals They're right found, next to each other on his shelf, effectively. Yeah. Out of the first three seals we have seen that are supposed to be uber-important that have broken, all three of them have been found or touched by Moraine. And I'm not saying it's her fault, but it's a little suspicious. <laughs> it's absolutely not her fault, but it's absolutely not Moraine. Moraine's fault. <laughs> it's absolutely not Moraine who's breaking them. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, this is where the list is no longer to be in order of when they were broken, uh, but maybe in order of when they were found. Um, there well, the is fourth, one that Moraine. The fourth one chronologically is introduced by Mazram Dai. Correct. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's not the next one in this list. Oh. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. All right. So chronologically, the next one is given to Rand by Mazram Dai. Now he buys it, uh, or gets it from a Actually, no. a Saldan crafter. Let's see. Hold no, on. sorry. Is, chronologically. Uh, Lord of Chaos. Moraine is gives when he him gets one from Stone of, in the Stone of Tear in okay, Dragon. That's the one I was about or to go for. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it, it is that one. Yeah. Well, yes. there's there's more in between. There's three in between that one and the one that Mazarin Titan gives. Correct. Because there's the one that Moraine that finds in the great holding of uh, Longreal in the Stone of Tear. And then Moraine Correct. also now the, that one, I think she, well, she hides them all as much as she can. Um, yes, but the next one she finds is in Ruidium, 
whenever she journeys into mm-hmm. uh, Ruidion in Fires of Heaven, the best book in the entire series. Fucking fight me, bro. Um, <laughs> no, no, absolutely it's, the best. Fires of Heaven is actually right after the best book in the series. <laughs> no, I think the, what you're thinking of is you read a book before the best book. And you're getting that confused. Correct. Dragon Reborn. That's actually accurate. <laughs> uh, so there's that one the marine finds in Ruidion. Um and I'm not talking about those being broke because those are broken at the same time as another one that we're about here in just a second. The next one chronologically is found actually by your braid mistress, Nynaeve Almera, at the Panarch's Palace oh. in Tanchico. That's right, that's right. We are just Where? chilling out in Tanchico, tanning on the Tanning in Tanchico? Um, and she finds one in the Panarch's Palace, like, looking at all the other relics, like, oh, cool, 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 cool. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, here's one piece of seven for the fate of the world, just on display like that's a fucking museum. Um, well, right next to the, you know, Mercedes logo. And the yeah, saber-toothed yeah. tiger skull. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the, roll, the roll. last one that we see... Fuck. Wait. <laughs> yeah, chronologically, uh, the last one that we see in the books, uh, again, this one shows up in uh, Lord of Chaos Chapter 2. It is the one that Mazarin Paim gives to Rand. Um, in this one, he says, he gives the whole story about how he found a farmer who said he was descended from royalty during the Trolloc Wars, and then nobility during Arthur Hawkwing's reign. Uh, Trolloc Wars were after Arthur Haw- Hawkwing, or were they before? No, they were after. After they were after, that's weird because that was part. Oh, of, that was you, part of why the well, Trollocs were so successful is because Hawkwing's Trollocs armies were after. Were... Arthur. Okay, so never mind. That makes sense that you would go from royalty to nobility. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, this farmer's family guarding the disc for two thousand years until time passed by, and the man, old and without heirs, thought the time was the dragon reborn, and gave it to him for safekeeping. I call absolute horseshit on that bullshit story. He saw it, knew what it was, was already working uh, yeah. under the tutelage of the Forsaken, and was like, taking that. Yep, I agree. This okay. is mine now. Thank you very much. Yeah. But I agree. Um, you know what? I actually believe that man's story up until <laughs> the point where he gives it to him. Homie told that whole story to Mazarum Taim, and then Mazarum was like, cool story, bro. Fireball, and then took it. <laughs> Uh, so the one that Nine found it uh, as packaged because at this time they're at, by this point they're super like they're bubble wrapping them with like wool seats. They're trying to make them very protected. <laughs> trying to protect them, um, yeah. They've got them super packed in saddlebags. Nine is like OCD style checking this seal every five seconds. It seems like, um, and it breaks still during their travel from Samara to Saladar. I believe when they arrive in Teladar and go to present the seal, they find out the seal is broken. Um, because, you know, plot impact. I, I mean, because uh, bubble wrap didn't exist. Um, <laughs> so the last three that remain unbroken as we approach Tarmagaiden or the last battle are then um, all together summarily broken by the seal breaker. Another one of his titles, Logain Alblar. Ablar, not Albar. An Alblar. Blah, blah, blah. 
open bar. Loghain open bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then of course the question goes, uh, you know, uh, this is much to the detriment of the argument of the individuals that believe that men is a sexy lamp. The argument or the question, why did they have to break them? Because in between men, Farshaw and Herod fell, they figured under the Corinthian cycle and the prophecies that the seals must be broken before the bowl can be made whole or resealed properly. So it's absolutely necessary if you're going to actually fix the problem, not just band-aid fix it. Uh, so you think men was a sexy lamp? You know what? Uh, you're just wrong. Well, I also love that that makes so much sense. Like, honestly, just think about that for a second. Like, just, just, what do we know about in life? When you have somebody who just paints over something or paints over outlets or paints over years of other people's paint, it doesn't mean that it looks better. It doesn't actually mean that it's done right. What you actually want to do to get the best coat of paint, if you will, is to sand or scrape off the underlying layers of paint and wallpaper and other things that make the integrity of the drywall or the wood or whatever it is that you're painting less. Because there's less for the paint to directly stick on. Right. So then the best paint jobs or the best caulk jobs or the best, you know, whatever jobs when you're talking about constructing things are from sort of the most pared down version of that thing. And so trying to, again, like sort of throw on some plaster onto this already failed seal <laughs> sounds like what a lot that's of what people I call in it the when shitty I open another brewski after I've already taken a leak bro that's right I'm getting plastered on top of this broken seal I don't know yeah, why 100% that's what I was I going for, for that was... <laughs> okay but no sort of again just throwing another layer of plaster over these already failed seals sounds like it's a terrible idea but removing all of that plaster removing all of that failed seal especially as it's already started to break and starting anew and redoing it with better materials with a better uh um understanding of how the the thing works with all of this different stuff that absolutely just sounds Right. So like you don't even need to be a contractor to understand why that sounds correct. Better ingredients, like, better seals, Randall. I four. will kill you. <laughs> so, and it talks about like where they wound up. The easiest one to explain, um, I think, is Ruidium. Um, sure. This is, uh, uh, they are, and, and, my opinion, I think most people would agree that they're not officially with me. They're Terra Angriol. They are purpose-built Angriol um, that are made out active. of Quendiar. Yes. Yeah. So it would make sense that one that the eyes that I had after the event of the sealing of the boar would make its way as a very crucial item onto the caravan of wagons and probably be one of the most guarded um, ones. With the eye that I with you, you, you make might it even, all the way to Ruidium. 
you might mm-hmm. even be able to say that the all seven seals were on that train though. like probably it's not massive. probably not because the Aes Sedai would probably not want to put all their chickens or not all their eggs in one basket no, that makes sense. Yeah. But the Aes Sedai of the Age of Legends? No, the Aes Sedai in the Third Age. No, yeah. <laughs> well, several of them do that several times, and sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it. But but the the piece of information that keeps sticking with me along that subject is that the wagons get spread; they lose half the wagons. Mm-hmm. Items get looted. Uh, things ha- like it's just kind of one of those like. It wouldn't surprise me if they said, no, this is our last chance. Uh, nobody's going to touch the Genail. Everybody leave them alone. Here's all of our hopes and dreams. And as I, wagons fell off and they lost control of different Tirangriol and different things, because we know for a fact. I think there were several in the wagons. Not, yeah, not all seven. I, I think there was we, at least three or four in the wagons. We know for a fact that yeah. the Red Twisted Door Tirangriol like there are two of them. One of them made it mm-hmm. to Ruidian. One of them ended up in uh, fucking uh, in tier. In tier, and it's yeah, like in the stone of tier. Yeah. Okay, but that wasn't like that wasn't. I mean that that was that happened somewhere along the way. Someone took that yeah. doorway from. Actually, the that would make more sense. More sense for multiple to be on the wagons because if a if a doorway made it to tier. One of the seals was also in the Great Holding in the Stone of Teal. Exactly. And that even could have been someone being like, this is important items to the Aes Sedai. We need to hold it and keep them safe. And then, of course, as 3,000 years passes by, well, we've got these things in quarantine. We don't want anybody to touch them. Yeah, right. Wait, hold on. So, random thought. Or not random, but uh, well, kind of random. So... We know that the pull of pure sighting, that is the eye of the world, was created by, uh, I can't remember the quantity, but it was a team of male and female channelers working together to filter the taint off of sighting. I wanted to say 100, but I didn't want to like be, I didn't want to be wrong. There you go. Again, the pure I don't know whether that's an accurate number or kind of like the 100 companions where it's just like, you know, uh, definitely about, about a hundred. Definitely, yeah. definitely about a hundred. Like a hundred and a baker as a companion. Um, so they they gave their life to accomplish a, a small scale feat compared to what uh, Rand does uh, with Nynaeve and the Circle uh, and Cleansing Sighting. Uh, which, for anybody that didn't know, I know we've done this before and it's pretty well known. Book one is the foreshadowing and the infomercial on how to cleanse Sidene. Uh, because book one, we yes. learned this is how the Eye of the World was formed. There, yep. I don't, I, I wonder, was we, we don't know when that happened at all. We just know it happened some point from the start of the breaking and until I to die longer, male and female, uh, accepted. I believe we do um, actually have a time frame, but I don't know. So please continue your thought, but I'm going to look yeah. it up. Um, but how interesting would it be if on the trek from Parendeson to where Ridion was established, they went through uh, over the, uh, the spine of the world? Yeah, spine of the world, because the other mountain range is the dragon world. Over the spine of the world, into what is now the blight and 
feeling that they were eventually overwhelmed, there was like a hundred ice and I going with them. They said, you know what, we're going to create a, a save point for this Oregon trail. I don't, but I don't think there was a hundred ice and I that went with the, uh, the gen IL that were leaving. I think it was like just a couple. It doesn't feel like it. Yeah. 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 No, I'll retract that. So it could be some of the ones that remain. So the 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 the, the Colum uh, Dome was the university. The Sharon was the floating scientific research area. That what if that research area move around the world? And the same tech that kind of made the Sharon able to move around the world became the inspiration for how the 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 blight or not the blight but the the Green Men's Garden with the eye of the world can kind of be available for those who want to access it and not be available for those who can't. But if it's like the security measure adopted from the Sharon and the hundred Aes Sedai that created the eye of the world were the last like hundred or so Aes Sedai to know how to ask the Sharon. Yeah. They, and, and it's asked in our live chat, which by the way, if you want to join us for these episodes in the live, um, just got to be a Patreon you can do for less than a dollar a month um and the uh, wolf brothers in the chat asking if there were ice of die with the caravan of wagons and that is true there were, there were. um we there know were a small number. we know of at least two who survived long enough to found ruidian in the threefold land and um the, the 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 thing is is that when they get to the threefold land it talks about them being so old <laughs> like even old for Aes Sedai like they 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 struggled to survive long enough to see as much progress as they did and one of them had the foretelling and that is how they were able to do some of the things that they were able to do in Ruidium. Yeah, no, but now now I like this idea. What if the reason behind the access to the garden or to uh, the eye of the world area with Semesta is so sporadic is because it uses a mechanism. I don't think it is the Shrome. Um So not to indicate that because I believe the Shrome was uh, destroyed uh, during the boring in. But what if it used a similar kind of mechanism of access control? And that's why there's so few that can access it, but then a hundred I said I did. Actually, no, there'd be no reason for it to be like that before they access it and created the eye of the world. Here, here's hmm. a question. What happened to the Sharon? Uh, it was destroyed. Oh, was it? Yeah, so the Sharon was this big white floating sphere. And when Mirin uh, drill, uh, Mirin and uh, what does not, Mr. I I died immediately uh, because I refused to go to the to the dark side. Um, the Sarome was described as as turning black before exploding across the sky. I believe. Oh, that's right, that's right. I recall that now. That's because that was like people were just like, "Why did the big white orb turn black?" That's not good. So interestingly, there's actually a, a number of different things on here that I think are a little bit fascinating that we should talk about for just a moment. Build a uh, beam. We probably shouldn't take a ton of time, but Build um, so the 
from Rand's visions in Ruidian, we actually find out that there were, uh, that the Corathion cycle was actually sort of being put together at the very beginning of the breaking from a number of foretellings for a number of different, uh, or from a number of different other things. And one of them was saying that the dragon reborn would need clean Sidene for the last battle. And that they actually misinterpreted this and made the eye of the world so that the dragon reborn could use untainted Sidene in the last battle, not realizing that, of course, the foretelling is just a suggestion, and that, of course, Rand would come along later and figure out how to untaint all or, of Sidene, so he would have untainted Sidene. What was it? Was it almost like so? Like uh, when I when I say almost confusion, uh, the kind of confusion philosophy is the the end of who often seeks the route to avoid his destiny often causes it. Whether it was the opposite, sure. But they're like, you're going to need clean Sidene, and the prophecy was almost counting on them to interpret that as we need to make it ready. But you had because think about it, you had a hundred male and female Isodai from the age of legends, the pinnacle of channeling technology and understanding. They were able to do something to figure out a way. And all it took was Moraine mentioning casually to, uh, to Rand in their company that a hundred male and female Aes Sedai worked together to create this. And then bam. Now he knows how, well, not he doesn't know how to do it, but you know, in between that and, you know, well, Mr. Dragon Voice in the head. It's also interesting because this this article that I'm reading or these like comments that I'm reading uh, on Reddit because, of course, um, actually is a little bit fascinating because somebody is like you know uh, we know that the way to cleanse Sidene is uh, uh, evil calling to evil and somebody else is like no that's not actually really a fair supposition because just because that's the way that Rand ends up doing it uh, it actually seems more like the hundred Aes Sedai that were going ahead and making the pure Sidene actually had to pull it or pull the taint out into themselves, which is not evil calling to evil necessarily. It's just, it needs a vessel and Rand decides to go ahead and use Shadar Lagoth and sort of have the evils fight each other and exploderate themselves. But really, the Aes Sedai at that time were pulling it more into themselves and just accelerating their madness and whatnot. But again, sort of figuring out that idea of like using Sidar as a filter, but didn't really have a great place to filter it into besides themselves. And so they were really just sacrificing themselves and murking themselves to make this thing. Yeah, um, so he, he, so, didn't, yeah, he didn't know that they would stuff. fight each other. I think whenever Rand uh, made the plan to dump it in the Shadar Logoth, he was just looking for a place that he could dump this horrible taint into that was already super fucked up that wouldn't suffer Correct. for it. Yes. And he probably yeah, I don't figured, think Rand actually knew. Yeah, knew. He probably yeah. the blight in the areas controlled by the Dark One weren't the best option. So Sure. <laughs> like he yes. it was one of those things where like he you used the wrong formula but you got to the right like right answer 
kind but of. Sorry, go ahead. Well, doesn't he get a sense of this when he's in there, though? Doesn't he, like, feel the taint of Sidene interacting with the taint of Mashadar? That was always no, no, my no. head, Ken. Yeah. So, again, I, I think that Andrew has the right of it. That if we're being completely honest, um, I also think the same thing. That Rand said, where are we going to put this? And he and Nynaeve and everybody who was, you know, part of this particular uh, plan to go ahead and cleanse Sidene was like, we don't want it around people. We don't really want to give it back to the shadow, blah, 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 blah. Let's use Shadar Logoth. And Rand was like, great. Everybody's on board for going ahead and putting the taint in well, Shadar they, Logoth. They didn't because know it's they already up. a place that's super fucked. Because this was what? still Rand being the, like, everybody's going to do what I say because I need to do this because I'm going to... This is in his, like, I will commit heinous atrocities because I'm the martyr of the world, so they must do it because I'm the martyr of the world. And Therefore, nobody, you have to do what I say. Nobody, yeah. except maybe Moraine, I think, knew his plan to try to cleanse Sidene until they showed up mm -hmm. at Shadar Logan. Moraine wasn't there. She's still in the Tower oh, yeah, of Genji. Yeah. But yes, Nynaeve. Yeah. I, think. I don't think yes. Nynaeve Sorry. knew exactly what he was doing. I think he, I wish she might have known. Also, I have a feeling that he talked over a lot of what he was doing with Min as well. And while she didn't necessarily know what he was talking about when it came to the power, he was pacing around his room telling Min everything he, while she sat told... there and went, Sure, Rand. I totally know what that means. He told Nynaeve right before they went. That's a great idea. He told Nynaeve right before they went because he said, look, yes. this is what I figured out. This is what I think. This is what I have gathered with the help of men, whoever. This is what we're thinking. Yeah. You're the only person that not only I think is strong enough, but the only person I can trust enough. Because imagine the trust you have to have as somebody that yeah, has such true. ingrained distrust of the eyes to die. Who do you trust to give access to the most powerful song y'all known to man? The wisdom you grew up with. Yeah. Well, and the one who absolutely you know. You know. Is headstrong enough that when she says that she's going to follow you and do what it is that you say. That she is going to keep her word. Almost tell her. possibly out of pure stubbornness to the fact that she said she would. Maybe not even because she thinks you're right. <laughs> like, yeah. And you tell her, don't ask questions. Get in the car. We're going to go heal Sidene. <laughs> get in the car, losers. Yeah. We're cleansing Sidene. <laughs> but yeah, so I'll, but yeah, anyway, so get, again, we need to get I back to the seal. So you had more info on the... Or was that the, the things you found about talking about the seal? No, I was... I was actually just sort of talking about the fact that I, I actually think legitimately Andrew's right. That sort of, I, I, I think Rand decided on a place to put the evil. And that he didn't necessarily know that it would destroy Shadar Lagoth. But he, felt but he knew ball. that it was a good place to put it. And then when it does implode on itself, he's just like, hey, all the better. Took care of this shitty ass <laughs> place and two birds, one stone. Yeah, 
No, exactly. And I feel like he dabbed too. He was like two birds, one stone. No, he did. Uh, he absolutely did not. Maybe and he did. I, if, you, you know? if Yosha there? ever dabs in the show after he cleanses Sidine, I will personally end him. <laughs> I need. I'm cleansed Sidine. Oh. Uh. Exactly how that went down. I'm not doing then, it. That's my head. Then he fights. <laughs> then he fights Shy Tam just T posing. No. <laughs> Which, let's be clear, T posing is not a just like many many things that people attribute to Fortnite. T posing came from Gary's mod. Yes. Not Fortnite. Fortnite gets popular. I have been that. You're only famous because you cop off a of that many, many other talented people made. Uh, all right, guys. So uh, it's been a fun run for these last four years. <laughs> uh, uh, I love these guys a lot, and I wish them all the best in their continued uh, episodes of the Black Tower podcast. But I, feel like it's I can't do this anymore, so I'm leaving. <laughs> I feel like it's necessary that if you're like a big anime fan that you can't love, like that you can't love Fortnite. Because I never wanted to see well, fucking Sasuke I'm not even that big of an anime like a... form, and I fucking hate Fortnite. Oh, okay. Trash we're just, game. We're, we're on the same scope. I wasn't praising Fortnite. I was trashing Fortnite. No, 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 no. You're missing. You both of you dabbed. I can't. Oh. I, I have to go. I had already moved My on. My people need me. <laughs> all right let's wrap this up let's see final thoughts for the seven seals um first off we, we didn't really even get into the sort of meta side of the seven seals on the dark ones prison seven seals in the book of revelations um there's some callbacks there there's some parallels there and i think that wait was, what i know robert jordan making references outside of the and just like in the book of Revelations for in the Christian Bible, when the seven seals are broken, uh, the devil, the great dragon will be unleashed upon the earth. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the seals are something that was... Th th this is a perfect example of when we say that, you know, the Wheel of Time is a very hard magic system, but kind of not because every single rule seems to have an exception. And in this particular case, Quendiar is unbreakable, and no matter what you do, it can't be broken. And, you know, it will not break. It will not break. It broke. Uh, it broke. And, you know, you come to find out, oh, well, with the true source, you can erode the structural integrity of the Quendiar itself. Now, it takes... 3,000 years. <laughs> but uh, it's it's an interesting sort of... 3,000 years will leave you with such a crack quendi. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting bit. And then to have, at the very last battle, to have three seals intact and Loghain who... was himself a false dragon but was a false dragon i i don't think he was a false dragon in the sense that he was seeking glory he even says straight up and i feel like he's honest he was he proclaimed himself dragon because well i could channel and i was winning and i sincerely thought i was 
And he kind of did the same thing that Rand did. He was like, well, I'm just going to do shit until I can't do shit anymore. And then when he when it came down to it, he was not the dragon. He went, oh, okay, cool. I'm not the dragon. Now I want revenge against the Red Asha. <laughs> but him being the seal breaker and the next leader of the Black Tower, I think is a super fun, super awesome bit of storyline. And I also love that when Rand tells Egwene that she, he has to break the seals and the blood just drains from her face. Like, are you insane? Egwene just goes, you fucking what, mate? You fucking what? You, you fucking what? And she's like, I am the watcher of the seals, bitch. And then I think someone is like, you haven't even seen the seals, bitch. Like, well, I also love, like, just imagine that conversation for a moment. Egwene's like, I'm the watcher of the seals, bitch. And Rand's like, cool. Watch Loghain break them. I don't know if you go by the TV. Well, he show, gives her he like, gives her a fake. Well, I'll break these two. Hey Well, you can say that in the show. That's what I said. If you go by hey um, but but I love that he gives her like several fakes, and he's like, "Oh yeah, okay, good point. Here you go. Here are the seals. It's a real fun. It's a it's a it's a deceptively simple piece of the story." But there's there's a lot more to the seals, and that's that's my uh, my last words on the subject. Well, uh, I'll go next. Um, so the the first part of my kind of like final thoughts is going to answer a question in live chat. Did the tower ever know where the seals were? Technically, no. Did the eyes that I nope. know where the seals were when they were initially made? Yes. But after the breaking, they did not. Everything was just out. The information was lost just like everything else um to be perfectly honest though i find the seals to be one of the more lackluster parts of the series um we're kind of other than them actually being broke we're kind of done with them by lord of chaos um the breaking of the last three seems to be more formality than actually having a consequence we don't see like a, a massive uptick and the actions of the Shadow Spawn or Shadow Soul or, or Satan, now to be fair, they're already in the middle of the final battle when that happens. Um, but their reveal doesn't seem culpable to their importance. The finding one is kind of like a, oh shit, we found one. Uh, wrap it up and hide it away. Like that's, that's it there. We don't see any effort study. We don't see any efforts to recreate. We don't see any efforts to repair. And I, I will admit, that it seems a large part of that is due to the, the normal that the eye should I face, their unwillingness to adventure out and explore and test and try. Um, but uh, the entire series, even on my first read, I felt like the seals are more of a plot device formality. To help explain why uh, bigger things later in the series didn't happen earlier in the series, um, much like in the way of uh, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the, the illusion, the revelation, the different uh, seals being uh, broken and the seven horns being blown. Um, well, the seals kind of gives us a, a countdown, right? I mean, it, it does until it doesn't. Like there, there's no 
steady kind of kind of thing. Like there, there's a rel- like when you read Revelations, there's a relative pace to the breaking of the seals that kind of goes with it. It seems like a, a thematic kind of march to the end. With the seals in the dark ones prison, it's like boom, 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 boom. Um, you get a couple like extra things. You get uh, now the dark ones like uh, strong enough to he can like affect the weather and he can have the crops and returns and yields and everything on that. But um, like again, when you say that these are the things that are anchoring something that is a patch on something that is immaterial outside of space time to reality, it, it kind of seems like the discovery or interaction with would be a little bit more uh, dramatic or thematic, but um, as a plot device, I get it. I, I also can't say how I would make it more thematic or dramatic. So it's, it's definitely one of those like bitching without a solution kind of things. But again, I, I just can't help but feel that they were underwhelming and even by the end of the series, when Logan break the three, they felt like they were, uh, again, just a tying off of, of something created much earlier on just to finish off a, uh, a checkbox or something. I didn't really feel like the seals were ever that important. Um, and the show me less uh, excited for him because I'm, you know, a seal the size of your hand being carried around and hidden and that kind of stuff versus things that are obviously large landmarks that would be noticed by people, especially if you're talking about the ancient theories of the eyes that die and it's their fucking symbol. uh, Probably didn't get lost. Assuming they're all the same size. But that's that's my final thought. Not impressed. Fair enough. And that is a very legitimate thought. 100%. I, I'm kind of, you know, definitely, I, I'm i with Andrew on a lot of this. The fact that we actually see literally all seven seals by the time you hit book six is, is lackluster. Because it feels like when Moraine mentions it in book one, it's going to matter so much. These things, the the hunt for the seals, finding them and keeping them safe and things like that really is going to be a big uh, plot device in the books. And in the end, they're not. And let me be clear, by the end, when you actually do get that sort of payoff of, of Loghain breaking the seals and Egwene being like, I'm the watcher of the seals, and you're like, bitch, you ain't never seen a seal. Like, there are great moments with them. There really are. And that's one of the reasons why, like, I I take this as more Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson sort of messing with the formula rather than necessarily following it, but also giving the audience just enough of following it to, like, satiate you at times. Um, And so I'm not mad at the seals. I'm not. I definitely feel like they weren't utilized as much as they could have been. 100%. But I also am not super mad at their... uh, their... the way that they're utilized... Uh, especially because that moment where Loghain breaks them really 
holds a very special place in my heart. It really does. It's such a good And so, again, it's definitely one of those moments where I wish there were... I wish there were more. I wish there was better. I wish they didn't get done so dirty, if you will. But at the same time, they're part of a great piece. And so I'm kind of like six of one, half dozen of the other. Because I like messing with the formula. I like not giving you exactly what you thought you were going to get from the very beginning. But at the same time, once you set it up, like... It's that it's that catch-22 of every video gamer who's ever seen a waterfall. If there's treasure behind the waterfall, I'm like, real oh, original, motherfucker. And when there's not treasure behind the waterfall, I'm like, hey, where's my treasure, motherfucker? Like, <laughs> the treasure so, is the backside of water. It's the... The treasure is the friends we made along the way. But like, it's the, the, there isn't actually a good answer here in some ways, because once the trope is made, I want you to break the trope, but I also want you to do the trope and you can't do both. And I'm a little disappointed with whether you do it or you don't. And so again, I I don't have necessarily a strong feeling on the seals either way, because I feel like they were utilized some ways and like again that moment where you have like that story of uh the of that mesram time tells like i love that idea that you know we talked about it for a moment here some of the seals go to ruidian some of the seals go to the eye of the world or you know one seal goes to the eye of the world uh one of the seals gets given to a bodyguard of the nobil or of the of the you know emperor at the time or whatever like they scatter these seals around the world to try and keep them safe and like again you just get these stories of like where people pick these up and what they're doing and why they're there and it's been 2,000, 3,000 years since anybody's even seen one of these fucking things and I, I think that's cool but then again, as you said, Andrew, it's just the the payoff on it is so is so not great because it's not exponential. You know, you have yeah. one break at the very beginning of uh, of book one, and then you have a couple break here and a couple break there, and then you still have three of them at the very end of the books when the last battle is happening, and Loghain actually has to break all of them at the same time, and it's it's just one of those things where I I. I like that they exist and I like that they the the story they tell but at the same time it's so hard to keep up with them and feel like you have any connection to them through most of the story. So, yeah, I I I'm things, very torn on my feelings for the the seals. One of the things they talk about like how decimated the population is after the last battle. I never got the feeling that anybody was super decimated during the last battle. They, I mean, a lot of people died. A lot of things died. I never got the feeling they were super decimated. But if Loghain had broken three seals and there was like a massive earthquake and tons of people fell into like rifts and shit, I would have got the feeling that like, oh, there's only like five people left, you know, but. <laughs> right. There was, there was, it's, it's one of the things like they were so important for the story, but there was no consequence to breaking them. It seems. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for Fun being here. Thanks for tuning in. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a good little channeler and taking your dose of taint. That's right. From all of us here at the Black Tower, we've appreciated you being here. We've appreciated you getting your taint, <laughs> getting our taint in your ears and eyes if you're watching us on YouTube. Eyes. And uh, we hope that uh, wherever you are, you leave here just a little bit more insane than you were when you first started. From all of us here at the Black Tower, my name has been Josh. And my name, without the leaky tar effect, has been Andrew. <laughs> you don't have any S's in your name, Andrew. Well, your first name. Yeah, so, Andrew. There you I go. I can put them there. I can fucking put Andrew. You could. And Andrews. There we go. And Shroosh. The, there's more S's in my name, the more taint you consume. <laughs> there you go. There's I the like measure. That. There's the measure. You, you haven't been around a drunk friend until they turn you from Andrew into Shan uh, Sandshrew. You know, like the Pokemon. Sandshrew. Indeed. And then I just go slash, <laughs> and I don't have nails, so it's like ineffective. I love it. I love it. Excellent. Perfect. Yes, and I have been your Amon Khan Mahal, Daniel, and from all of us here at the Black Tower Podcast, thank you. Thank you again. Josh always says it very well at the end of the episode, and I... I parrot all of that, but we hope that you are having a wonderful morning. And in case we don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good take. Always watching, always running the show. 